podcast start with an unusual twist on it we're starting at the end and I think you'll all appreciate that I think you'll all press play a little bit with trepidation because you love all this positivity and you don't need any of this negative stuff let's move on from this Ulster game quickly but hopefully you haven't moved on because Craig Yaldin Rugby is about every game I'm Rob Murphy I'm presenting it Lindy McKenzie you're very welcome along Thank you, Rob. I'm delighted to be here, but not necessarily delighted with the result or the game. And one really important thing to do after and introduce everyone, because I've got to do it in the commentary. I think Alan knows what it is. Uh, moving on. William Davis, very welcome along. Thank you, Rob. Good evening. Good evening. Ravenhill is emptying. Alan Deegan, Connacht, beaten 18-10 in a poor game. Shocking game. And, and you know, we're sitting up here just at the back of the, of the, the stand and there was, a, I don't know, maybe 150, 200 of the fans who have to get out this way. I didn't see one of them smiling. All Ulster people, they've just won a game that they had to win. Not one of them was smiling. And maybe because, although Connacht were pretty bad and made 16 errors and gave away 12 penalties, Ulster were even worse, even though they won. We travelled up this morning. We will travel back tonight. We've had a long journey, but we had a lovely stop in Navin. The Deegans cooked us a fine dinner. Alan's mummy and daddy. (sighs) Big thanks to them. Didn't do it in the commentary. Huge apology. Yeah, yeah, um, um, uh, yeah. We didn't get a chance. I suppose we were so shocked at, at the quality of the play that was out in the field. I know it had rained all day and the pitch was relatively heavy, but there was no real excuse. That's a that's a fine looking pitch. I think the groundsman have done a fabulous job. That you know, at one stage I believe they were talking about the possibility of cancelling the game because there was so much water lying on the pitch. But by the time we got the kick off, it had stopped raining. The groundsman had done their job and the pitch was very playable. Coming up on this week's podcast. Audio. We don't know what's coming up on this week's podcast. Some of you might get some audio. I don't think... I don't know. We'll try and get something. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, get we'll, we'll nab Richard, Richard Mulligan when he's filed for the Belfast Newsletter. Uh, he's always good, good for us. And uh, we'll do some post-game interviews. Myself and Lindy are going to go and do that secondly. But before we talk about that, we just want initial thoughts. Lindy, uh, you're looking at the scoreline. You're saying, look, let's take that as a positive for starters. 18-10. It's not a massive defeat. We haven't played all that well. What 16 turnovers, I think it was. No, it's not a massive defeat. 18-10, you know. If you think two years ago this team lost by something like 58 points to 12 last year it was only a three pointer if you look at the team that was out there today we knew there was a possibility that the, the, the detail and the precision might not be there because of yeah. the huge changes in personnel when you have Robbie Henshaw at fullback and he's only had this week to train when you've had O'Leary first start this week to train, although he has trained it out half, obviously. Um, I think it's just maybe too much, too many changes. And I think once they got into it in the second half, possibly, I mean, they played some good rugby, I thought, particularly with ball in hand in the second half. I think the first half, Ulster played better basically in defence and at the breakdown. And I think by the time Connacht um, started to play in the second half, it just, it just, I think they they were possibly just trying to rush things a bit too much and it you know it just they, they didn't have the same fluidity that they'd normally have pre-podcast Alan you were also fairly positive overall by Connick's uh, performance yeah yeah I don't want to say you weren't positive but you weren't negative that's the key well no I'd, I'd, I'd sort of called a, an Ulster win but I did I was you know hopeful that we'd get a good performance out of Connick and for the most part we did there was a lot of mistakes and whatever but there, there wasn't a you know Connick played as though they weren't getting hammered you know, I've been up here far too many times and just watched Connacht teams fold under the pressure that we were put under. But tonight, that didn't happen. And there's still this self-belief about them that is incredible. If you look at it, they went uh, 18-3 down to what could have been called a very contentious decision. We'd have kicked the touch. O'Leary tried to get a little bit too much out of it. Craig Gilroy... Look forward. 
We never Fra- talked about yeah, that. Yeah. Fantastic jump in the air to knock the ball back into touch. And as long as his feet are off the ground, that's all. That, that's perfectly fine. But he knocked it forward. We were standing. He was right in line with us. He knocked it forward. And John Muldoon complained afterwards, asked the referee to go back and have a look at it, and he never did. Um, and that, you know, they scored a try, they built possession. Uh, our prop that's leaving for Ulster next year made a, a hash of an attempt at a tackle which gave real forward momentum to Ulster. Um, and they, they got the ball and a brilliant offload from Jared Payne, who really does look good at fullback. And, and for that five, ten minutes, played some brilliant rugby to get them that, you know, 15 point lead, and we kind of never recovered. Your thoughts, William? Um, are you backing up what the lads are saying overall? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I'm f- not either. I don't think Connacht can take anything out of that. They just want to forget about it. Yeah. Bad day at the office. It was a bad Far day. Far too many errors. Yeah. Six or seven clear opportunities, turning down penalties, going in to the 22 and attacking positions, and line out collapsing a couple of times couple of bad malls that never got organised the sort of stuff that will really annoy them they they, they want you know that, that's what they practice for and all the time and that killed the momentum for them and I, I, I talk about our prop that's leaving for Ulster missed two lifts in line outs that you know that's cre- fine but there was more line that went to straight than that like uh, we can blame it the on that you the two, those two were the ones that were in the 22 those two were the ones that were going to give yeah, us go forward fine. and get it and but we didn't get it I completely agree with you about Rodney Ayew but I think if we focus on Ayew we're missing the point that the line outs aren't functioning there's certainly that but you also have to remember the opposition are studying this we're getting to the end of the season we're getting to the point where teams have had an awful lot of looks at each other the Ulster line out wasn't particularly brilliant either we made we, we took put them under pressure on a number of occasions as well and they made a few mistakes yeah, that tended to be in the middle of the field, though. It was, it was, when, when it's a crucial part of your attack strategy, the line-out, when you're turning down kickable penalties, you have to convert at, at minimum one out of three. And we, didn't, and we didn't do it last week against Leinster. It happened twice. And at this crucial juncture in the season, that is the sort of stuff that just knocks you sideways. Yeah, and if you, if you, you go back and remember, the reason we don't have a losing bonus point was that Shane O'Leary hit the post with the penalty right in front of the right in front of the post uh, midway through the, the second half or the first half and that's again <laughs> missed penalties how many times have we talked about that how many games have we missed either winning or getting a, um, a points from simply by not converting kicks maybe that's why Mr Boshoff's on his way so Shane O'Leary is he going to get better of course he is but let's face it he's going to be starting next week I'd say so he's going to have to get a lot better quickly yeah, I was hoping that we might see Ronaldson a little bit quicker, um, but it's not. You know. William's shaking his head. No, it doesn't look like it's going to happen in terms of what we know. We'll, we'll check again the post-game press conference, but yeah. Yeah, you'd like to think. I, you know, I thought he played relatively well. He threw one fabulous pass, but then mm. you know, a couple of minutes later, threw an absolutely atrocious pass over the top and went into the lineup when all it needed was the ball to be put in behind because the Ulster defensive line were up on us so fast. Yes, we trust our skills. Yes, it's brilliant to have them, but you have to make the opposition think about what they're doing. And we didn't do that enough tonight. Have we made you think about your initial assessment, Lindley? What do you think? Some of the concerns about the line-outs, the errors? I, I, share, all, I share those, those opinions yeah. with you. Um, we are coming to the end of the season. I agree with that as well. I also agree with the fact that, you know, we, are, we, ha- we have a, quite a number of injuries. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that really had... It's a, took its effect today, particularly in the back line. Um, I think Shane O'Leary can only get better. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, this, think about it. This is actually his first Pro 12 start. Mm. 
Yeah. And he's against Ulster. Yeah. He hasn't even started and, any European game at 10. Right? So it's his first Pro 12 start. And I think for a young fella to have come in for his first Pro 12 start, yes, he missed one kick. Yeah. But let's face it, so did... Um, so, did so did Paddy Jackson. Yeah. So did Paddy Jackson, you know, literally in front of the posts. You okay, know? okay. So, but it's, we lost by eight. Paddy Jackson's was yeah. for two points and ours was for three. So, you know, I'm yeah, still looking no, at that seven points. No, no, I accept that. But, I, I, you know, I don't think you can be too negative about, about no, Shane no, O'Leary. No, no, no. no, I don't think we are. What I'm oh, saying... I and, I, yeah, and I also think if you look at who um, he had outside him. He had Peter Robb, who's another youngster. Yeah. And I actually did wonder whether it might have been better to possibly put Bundy Aki beside him yeah. um, for a little bit more support and put Peter Robb outside him. I Just, think that I, might be something we might see in Grenoble when, when Tiernan O'Halloran's back, if he's back. We don't know if he will be, but like I have to say, I totally don't, I totally agree with you. I think Shane Leary. I don't even think Shane Leary played poorly. I just think we keep saying that it was callow in nine, ten, twelve. You yeah. said you've used that word three times, Alan. Mm. William, you've said it too, and, and that just concerns me that Shane needs to develop quickly, and it's difficult for him to do that. And we're going into we're in the crucial stage of the season, so this is what we knew, and maybe we didn't focus enough on. When you're down to your fourth choice out half. There's a lot of pressure on the team. Yeah, there is pressure on the team, and the, all these games. I mean, Ulster really had to win tonight. And they played like a team that had to win tonight in that they were nervous, twitchy, errors at times. They were under a huge pressure here. The crowd was... It was a bit like the crowd in Cardiff. They were sort of holding their breath most of the time. This is usually a bit of a cauldron. It It was a good crowd in tonight. But they've ground it out. And we've got to regroup very quickly. And I think we will, because you make two changes to that team. You put Tiernan in full-back, you bring Robbie up, and you move Bundy to 12, and all of a sudden Shane O'Leary being where he is with Kieran Marmion at nine, and then you've got a completely different backline. And the forwards gave we, them plenty of ball today. We like John Cooney. You do continue to like John Cooney, oh, yeah, but it's absolutely. all to do with the fact 17 games out. Yeah, exactly. You can't expect a guy to come back in after 17 matches and expect to perform at high level against someone like Ruin Pienaar. You know, and then Shane O'Leary playing against Paddy Jackson, who a lot of people tout for the Irish, you know, 10. I know certain people here standing beside I me disagree. shaking their heads. William's shaking his head, but I agree with you. I, I think he certainly he's, was, he's was worth second, it looking. He's yeah. the second best fullback or uh, second best out half in this country, whether we like it or not, whether William likes it or not. Well, he is, but that's a scary prospect because I, th- I thought he had a reasonable first half, but he just disappeared to me in the second half, yeah. which is what he does. And that's why he doesn't get the calls for Ireland because he switches in and out of games all the time. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't helped this evening by Ruan Piner having a very dodgy first half. Got his act together, as you'd expect from a, you know, a multi-capped uh, Springbok in the second half. But that's the pressure that... They, I mean, if the pressure was getting to him, that shows you how much pressure Ulster were under. And then the 13-man iconic didn't let them score a try in the last 10 minutes. Well, ten, that's you know, a crucial period. The last 10 minutes, when you know, Connacht were on top for... for they actually were on top in the sense that Ulster were making so many mistakes and, I mean, their passes were going all over the place. Mm. And I thought that was the time when you would expect Connacht to keep the ball in hand like they did last week. But with two players down, it's, 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 really, it's you know, it, it's, it's very hard. And to, the fact that they actually held Ulster out during yeah. that period yeah. for a try was absolutely magnificent. So I think you have to take some of those positives from it, except the fact that we have lost 18-10. We don't have a bonus point out of it. We go to Grenoble next week. We focus on that and hopefully hopefully get over the line. But remember, there are still injuries, injury concerns. 
I would imagine, you know, it's possible that players like, obviously, Turnham will be back, hopefully, uh, Kieran Mami and... Um, it's key that they're both back, let's be honest. And that's one of the things I'm trying to get at. It is key, crucial, to our hopes of winning that they're back. I, I think they're very pivotal players. Mm. And I think they're pivotal in the sense that they know the structure so well. It's second nature to them. They don't have to think about it. Um, it's the confidence in the team in the sense that when they are playing, obviously there's greater confidence around them because of their experience. And yes, it, 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 it's crucial, but... Be interesting to listen to some of the Ulster post game audio and the Connacht post game post game audio, and we'll do that. We're doing this podcast live as we go, but just to wrap up part one before we go into the press conferences, get what we can, then we'll we'll wrap this podcast up and go home. Yep, long way home. Long, long way home. We no pub tonight. We won't be. Well, my mum, my mum did offer that if we wanted, we could stop on the way back on the way home. I said no, we'll, we'll be looking to go home. But yeah, yes, and I didn't actually thank her earlier for a fantastic dinner. Oh, what a dinner! Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, what was I wanted to do just to wrap this up uh, before? Yeah, okay, so we, I think we've gone through it all. One thing we haven't one gone thing, through... One thing, one thing yeah. I just wanted to mention was that I thought it was incredibly depressing to see Ulster do what they were yes. doing when trying to score that try. Connacht had 13 men on the field and all they did was exactly what Wales did against Argentina was try bish, bash, bosh. You've got a fantastic backline, and you don't give them the ball. Moronic stuff. Yeah, and back inside and go inside to the inside runner again. William, this is Irish rugby in a nutshell. Everything that's wrong with it right now. Well, they're betting in new systems, they tell you up here. I mean, obviously, Les Kiss is, uh, has taken over as coach. Um, it was very, very poor. Go. It was so... Pat, stop big. here. Pat Lamb's in. Pat, to begin with, it's a first defeat. It's a bit of a, a setback in that regard. No bonus point out of it. But I guess Ulster just showed they had the, they had the real need there. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were, uh, you know, obviously very uh, motivated and... It's a hard place to play, and uh, you know. But we, um, um, you know, obviously we're disappointed. We made some uh, some, some crucial errors, and um, and then, but you know, a lot of pride. I mean, when we were 18-3, and the boys scored a great team try, um, got us back in the game, and then probably when you're down to 13 men, I think we we showed the sort of character in this team, the way they held the mountain, um, and kept trying at the end. But ultimately, uh, you know, it's just a step too far, and. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, John Modern spoke in the change room afterwards that we'll go to the review and we'll regret because there's probably just a little bit of execution. Um, yeah, we showed what we do when, when we tried. We, we close to opening them up and we just, um, yeah, we just didn't execute as well as we have in the past. And in that review, you're going to look at, what, five, six really good platforms within 25 metres of the line during that first half and none of them really yielding any, any try? Yeah, it was. I mean, the breakdown certainly was different from last week. Um, you know, and... Uh, it's an area we spoke about at halftime that we're going to have to be uh, really accurate because it was really messy and uh, around that area. And, uh, and we just had to adjust. So, uh, um, you know, which, which, you know, affected the tempo of the ball and, and they got right in there. And, but, you know, credit to them. They're, um, they're, you know, they're desperate. Their season was on the line, really, and, and um, they came out pretty uh, fired up. But I was just pretty impressed with the, the character the boys showed. There's no question when you have John Cooney come back from his 17-game absence and obviously you're starting Shane O'Leary for his first start at 10 and Peter Robb's only second start at 12. That was a key area and probably these guys are going to learn a lot from it. But it does kind of highlight the fact that it's going to be crucial that a couple of guys come back for this Grenoble match next week. Oh, I mean, all you can play and control is what two's available. Mm. And, uh, you know, we've got three 10s out and I thought Shane was the, the, for his first start at 10 did really well. Um, you know, and, um, you know, it is a long break that John's had and, and, and Pete Robb, I thought, was superb too. But... You know, that's uh, we, we 
injuries are just the nature of the job that we have and, and um, guys just have to step up and go from there but you know, all in all we just we just lacked a little bit of accuracy at times, um, I love the mindset I love the fact that you know when the boys try to have a go because it's definitely on, it's just, we just probably didn't execute as well as we could but we certainly put them under pressure there were uh, times and um, but we, you know, 3-0 6-0 and then they got a, a more try and we, we, it was the one time we didn't quite, we didn't defend it in our system and they scored and Jimmy Duffy gave a pretty hard word at half time and they, they showed what they could do down there and then um, and obviously the one where we're kicking for touch and you know the ball was kept in and you know and they, and they scored again but I think um, you know really pleased with some of the things we did do but ultimately we got nothing out of it Yeah and just going forward to Grenoble there were a lot of errors there again 16 errors that's stuff that you're going to work on but I suppose in a sense a different competition that's probably refreshing right now Well I said there's six games uh, when we came back from the breaks and there's two semis and two finals that sit there I think all the work that we've done throughout the season we're still alive to get a semi-final for the uh, for the Pro 12 and now we have an opportunity if we perform well next week we've got a home semi waiting for us so it's all about the performance we perform well next week we, we, we go into a semi-final We're just saying we cut off uh, William in mid-sentence after that Pat Lamb interview, which you've just heard there. Uh, before we go on and analyse some more you about Connacht... Yeah, who do, did I say you? We? You said we? No, well, the lads haven't. Oh, listen, let's not get caught up in the time-space <laughs> continuum that is a podcast. <laughs> Richard Mulligan, save us here. Belfast Newsletter. Your boys delivered a result. I'm not sure they delivered a performance. No, that was... Um, it was they scraped it, let's be fair. They dominated the game. They deserved their lead at half-time, but Connaught in the second half really came out there and I have to say, very, very impressed with them. And once again, Connaught never give up. We've seen that again so often and tonight when they were down to 13 players and every man covered off the pitch unbelievably when you expected maybe Ulster to push for a third try and maybe even a bonus point try at that point. Hmm. Remarkable stuff. Remarkable. They still should have found a way to convert that. Like, we couldn't believe that Ulster were just stuck on the forwards on the line instead of just getting that ball wide. Yeah, I mean, if you look at when Andrew Trimble was Simbent, what did Connacht do? Connacht moved the ball wide. Mm. They couldn't find a way through. They moved the ball wide. They couldn't find a way through. They moved the ball wide. They kept moving the ball wide, and eventually they found a way through. Mm. And Ulster, just direct, 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 and you thought, just throw the ball out. It was frustrating. Yeah, Alan was saying that, and I guess... Yeah, yeah, I found it completely depressing. It was was like that Argentina or uh, Wales-Australia thing again. You know, you're thinking, God, there's so much space on the field, and you keep running into the smallest, narrowest gaps. You think, where's your brains? Does that encapsulate the problem right now? It's, it's part of it. I think, I think tonight, I think to be fair tonight, you've got to look at it and say Ulster, Ulster were desperate for a win. And yes. it didn't matter how it was going to come. They were leading 18-10 at that time. They weren't going to lose the game from, from where they were. And OK, another try, it wouldn't have made a difference. We're only getting four points out of it. So I think a, a different day, a, you would be maybe a bit more critical of them. But I'm, I'm, I'm still going tomorrow morning. I mean, it's criminal that you, that you don't score something yeah. during eight minutes when a team are down to 13 players. Incredible stuff. Yeah. And the other thing that, that astounded me tonight was the lack of composure that Ruin Pinar showed, especially in the first half. Yeah, Ruin, Ruin had a viral infection way back about a month, six weeks ago. And we just don't think, we just don't think he's been, been performing to the level that he can, you know. I mean, you saw his kick tonight. Okay, anybody can skew a kick. I mean, Alan, you and I have probably done it many a time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Maybe not in front of 16,000, but. Maybe not in front of 16,000 people, but in the back garden is better. Um, I'm in the corner. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, we just have to shuffle away because there's um, some interviews being yes. done and we don't really count in these things, no, this, this world. Not, not sure why they're not inside. We're yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a media room and we're being shuffled <laughs> along. <laughs> but 
I think Ulster, if the players coming back in, and I always thought tonight was going to be a wee bit disjointed. But I mean, players, you've got international players coming in, and they should slot in. But I think it does, it, it does cause a wee bit of friction in there, you know, as well. And I think they've got to go to Zebra now. The danger we're going to Zebra is they're fighting for a, a Champions Cup place down there at the bottom of the table. And I know it's, it sounds ridiculous. Ulster are fighting for a European Cup place and a top four place at the top. But the Zebra will not be no. Uh, they denied Edinburgh a bonus point tonight, apparently. Did, um, did they actually deny them? I wasn't uh, apparently so. Well, we, we got a text from Dave, oh, you know, right. Mrs. Doyle, our Mrs. Doyle, and, and he claimed that they won, but they didn't get a bonus point. Well, I think I thought they did get a bonus point because they're now in 52 points. They're now ahead of both Glasgow and oh, Munster. Dave, Dave, Dave. I could be wrong, but I thought they got a bonus point. It, it looked as though they weren't going to get anything out of it because they were really only needing 3 0 at half time, whatever was going on there. Oh, really? I think it was only 3 0 at half time, unless the, unless the updates were poor coming through. But Alan, yeah. look, are you for Grenoble next week? Oh yes, we're okay. definitely going in Grenoble myself, William is there um, and Rob and we're looking forward to oh. a little bit of sunshine, yeah. a little bit of warmth hopefully and some cracking rugby. Ah, oh, brilliant. Because yeah. one, one of the things we found out about Grenoble is that their home record, they average, lo- or average letting in 25 points a match. Now they score a lot as well, yeah, but, but it, that could suit us. I think that could suit you all right, yeah. Um, and I do hope, I mean, you're the only Irish province left in, in, in Europe. Yeah. I don't care whether it's the Challenge Cup, Challenge Cup or whatever it is. User in Europe next week. We're delighted yeah. to see an Irish province and I'm delighted to see Connacht in it. And I really wish you guys all the best next week. And I've been talking to, to Louise and I've said, if you're in the semi-final in Galway, I think I might come down for the weekend. Oh, we'd love to have you down, Richard. We'd love to have you down. It'll be sometime. I know, I know um, that... that, that uh, Jerry Thornley was saying that if he gets a semi-final he won't be down just for the game he'll be down for the week yeah the bunch of grapes could be calling me (laughs) (laughs) okay that's great stuff thanks a lot Richard okay you may have noticed that uh, I disappeared from that interview Uh, that's because some of the players came up and I went off to chat to Shane O'Leary and to James Conner handed the the recorder to me without telling me what you were doing I went oh oh I see what he's doing and how how well did Richard keep his composure one sided offloads that was tried during the game (laughs) (laughs) and Richard just kept going he did yeah Yeah. so myself and Lindley were in the press conference there in the meantime we got to chat to a couple of players uh Maybe summarise that before we're talking. James Conley seemed to be very, you know, strong and his strong-willed in his mindset. Both of players are actually, in terms of look, it's a blow, but not a massive blow, and they're going to move on. No, I think I think their attitude is. I think they, you know, they lost. They lost by ten points. You know, it's not the end of the world. It hasn't knocked their confidence. It hasn't knocked, despite the fact that they lost. They claim it hasn't knocked their momentum. So you know. They know themselves. They, they have a very strict and regular um, system of how they deal with these issues. They go in on Monday. They go through all the video footage and they find out what they did wrong, etc., etc. They put it aside and that's it. Next game. And I think you know they're probably quite looking forward to a break in terms of the type of competition uh, to go into. You know, a Grenoble match. They love Europe. They love going to France. They enjoy it. They have a good record over there. And I think it's probably, in many ways, while other teams are able to have a break from the Pro 12 and for Connacht to go over with their stretched resources and have another get big game to face, I actually still think that they're the ones who are actually really looking forward to it. And they have a wonderful opportunity that, you know, to represent Ireland in Europe where no one other team is in and yeah. perform. So all eyes are on Connacht 
next weekend, and I'm sure that they will do a very good job. Yeah, and, and, and Richard said to me, I'm not sure if I got it on the on the recording, but he said, yeah, if Connacht do get to the semi-final, he's coming to Galway. No matter who we're playing? Absolutely. He said, oh, we just, I just go, hope they go so well. Like we're, we're so proud to have the only Irish, at least one Irish team in Europe, and wished us all the best, and said, yeah, I'll definitely be down on Galway for that. Brilliant. Oh, I, didn't, I, like I should it. have asked Tommy Bowe when he was sitting beside me. <laughs> oh, that's going to come up later. Oh, you are so happy when Tommy Bowe sat beside you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Lindley's match report is going to be the same focus as normal, actually, but no, no, she's far too professional for that. Uh, well, look, before we bring William back in, <laughs> hey, we have, a, we have a man who cannot be in the podcast, Aaron. He, he commentates for other radio stations. <laughs> Can't say it, did. not in this contract. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for that comment last week. Uh, and just in completely unrelated news, thanks to Michael Corcoran for helping us out set up our gear as well, but that's completely unrelated to the man who can't be in our podcast. Of course, no, he did a brilliant job. Got us almost the best seats in the house. Yeah, yeah, because he was just like, oh, I, I'll show you, because we, we were a bit mixed up in terms of our tickets, but Ulster helped us out once we were asked. Once we asked, and they helped yeah, us a lot. Our, our, our tickets were actually to sit at the very, yeah. very back of the stand on the goal line at yeah. one end of the field, which would have been a bit of a disaster, but no, we ended up just on the halfway line, um, which was perfect. Yeah, got a good view with him. Yeah, we got a good view. It's a fabulous stadium. It's the first time I've been here. It is really, really nice, I have to say. it's It fits in well in its footprint. They've done a very good job on it. Uh, part of the reason I think that they've had this difficult phases. They've obviously spent a lot of money on this ground and they, they, you know, when it came to fruition in 2014 and was finished they were going through their coach change and their chief executive change and I don't think all that's fully bedded in yet. Yeah, I think you might be right. I've never apologised to you for cutting you off for Pat Lamb but I think every listener thinks that as much as they like to hear what William has to say, Pat Lamb comes first. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I just have to apologise for that. Hey, some more post-game audio. Lindy's kind of teed it up a little bit already. I talked to James Conley. First, I talked to Shane O'Leary. I want you to listen to that. And then when they come back, definitely listen to the end of James Conley's interview because it's a very important piece of uh, any other business we had to do there. Shane O'Leary, uh, I mean, very disappointing result in the end to lose. But at the same time, you dug in, you did the best you could out there, I guess. Yeah, listen, uh, we're, we're disappointed with the result. Um, just weren't clinical in a couple of areas, clinical enough in a couple of areas, but um, really proud of the boys there at the end. We're defending, not not for any points, but for for pride, and uh, I think the boys put in a big shift, especially after myself and uh, Shawnee picked up those yellows, which uh, we need to keep 15 on the field, but uh, it was a huge effort at the end, and really proud of the lads for that. Can you give me a picture in terms of what you're, what you're trying to achieve in a game like this because we wondered if it was a shot to nothing in this kind of game you know the mindset it's like look how well you are look how far up the table you are monster to come at home <coughs> anything you get here is a bonus how do you control that mindset because you want to keep the same intensity listen we, every week we go in and we dissect the opposition decide where, how we're going to attack them how we're going to defend against them and we go match to match focus and every game we play we intend on winning never come up to play for a bonus point or play for a loss or whatever it's, we always come up to win the game and uh we just weren't clinical in a couple of areas tonight and kind of let us down. We missed a couple of opportunities and uh, unfortunately we're runners-up tonight. James Connolly, uh, you know, first things first, uh, you know, you're, you're back in that seven shirt. I mean, it was a real battle out there. I'm sure in the exchanges early on you felt like you were starting to get an edge and really rattle us. You got a good few platforms there, but we've talked about it now, clinical edge maybe? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely comes down to accuracy and... Um, and just keeping the ball in hand at times and making the right decisions. Line-out didn't really work for us tonight. Um, 
it just comes down to little one percenters and everyone doing their roles and being effective. So, um, you know, we have a lot to work on going into next week now against Grenoble. Um, played them before in pre-season. They're under Bernard Jackman. It won't be any easy task, but you know, we'll, we'll take a lot, a lot of learnings from tonight and. Um, you know, just onwards and upwards. You know, we, we won't let it bring us down, and we'll just learn and get better, and that's all we can do. Look, there's no way you take any game that you're not going 100% at. Shane has put me right on that as well. But like, we couldn't help but thinking anything you get here is a bonus because things are going so well. How do you control that mindset? How do you stop that slipping into a game and stop thinking to yourself, "Hey, we're not under as much pressure as we were last week, or we really had to win." Yeah, it's um, like we wanted to come here and create history. You know, we've never won here before. Um, and we were, you know, we were really confident from how the season was going and, and the win against Leinster as well. So we were full of confidence and really wanted to go out here and, um, you know, put Ulster on their heels. But just a few little things didn't go well and accuracy, clinical, like we talked about. And, you know, maybe Ulster just took the opportunities at the right time. Um, but, you know, some people can say that the six-day turnaround was it was tough and a lot of injuries that we had with with uh, AJ and, you know, around the, the halfbacks and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's no excuse, though. We came here with all intentions and, and confidence in the, the depth in our squad that we could go out here and, and put one on Ulster, but just came down to the, the little margins tonight. Going into next week with the injuries, some of them will continue, obviously. Tiernan's out for a while. Yeah. But the likes of Shane there, you know, John Kinney's got a game back, Peter Robb's got another game under his belt. Yeah. I presume that's all just going to kick on a little bit going into Grenoble. Yeah, throughout the season there's been loads of injuries and you'd think people that have their, you know, have have earned their jersey and they get injured and then the next guy comes up and does a good job and that's the whole philosophy that we um, that we believe in is that, you know, we're, we're confident in everyone's ability that anyone can stand up or, you know, stand into position and, and do their role and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, that we have lads and we have depth and that anyone can come in and just do a good job. So, you know, we have full confidence in the team and, um, yeah, we'll take our learnings uh, on Monday and we'll go into Saturday with our with our heads held high. It's a nice game to have coming off this first uh, this defeat, a different competition, just a bit fresher again, isn't it? Yeah, it just freshens things up and obviously we, we, get, a, we get a good week to recover and um, just, you know, review the game, Ulster game and... Um, you know, it's exciting as well because we want to we want to get some silverware this year. You know, it's it's not as if we're putting all our concentration into the Pro 12 and leaving the the European Cup behind. It's you know there's equal concentration into both, and you know there's there's uh, pathways you know between Pro 12 if we qualify for top six, and obviously we want to win um, the European Challenge Cup. So um, we're really excited by it, and um, we'll prep now well early in the week and head over to Grenoble um, with full of confidence. Just a little bit extra for the podcast, James. Your dad won our prediction league. We've been trying to get him on. His award was he was going to be on our podcast, uh, oh, James really? Conley. Senior. Oh, God, that would be interesting. We've got a James Conley on. Does this count? Does this mean he doesn't have to come on? Oh, I'd say he'd love to come on now and speak. He worked in RTE uh, earlier, or a few years ago. So he's uh, he's not lacking in any confidence or he's not, uh, you know, camera shy or anything like that. So uh, he's been mentioning, me, mentioning to me um, about the league and stuff like that. And yeah. he takes, a lot, of, quite he takes a, a lot of No, no, he takes a lot of pride <laughs> in it and his social media and his tweeting and you know, so he's a lot of confidence in that. I kind of have to tell him to steady on sometimes, but uh, I know he loves just getting involved and participating in any way he can and um, and uh, backing the team. So yeah. he'll be on the plane over to Grenoble, I've no doubt. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Sure, it's like uh, Bayon last year. They said they weren't going, and they popped up the last minute. Big happy heads on them. So I don't know what to expect with uh, with, with my mum and dad. <laughs> but um, yeah, 
he's, he's, he's really enjoying it. Well done. well done today. Hard luck and best of luck next week. Cheers. Thank you very much. Final section of the podcast. Myself, Lindley and William are ready for questions from Twitter, read by Alan. That should be like, we should have music behind that and there should be a sting. Okay, maybe not. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Okay, first question from Fat Gorilla, spelled P-H-A-T. Are Connacht afraid of Ulster seem to play like that in the first half, always seem subdued when playing in Belfast? William. I don't think they're afraid of them, but this is not a happy hunting ground. It's it's gone on so long now, we we don't want to rehash that. But uh, I think Ulster don't fear Connacht really deep down, and I think they expect to beat them. I mean, we've beaten them... Once in the last 19, 19 games, they they really have that the hammer on us, and uh, that rolls through because there's players like Rory Best who've scored tries for fun against us, and they just keep doing it. Sometimes that happens. Um, it's just a pity we didn't do a better job on Stevens's day in Galway because it might have just put a, more of a doubt in their mind. First team to do the double over Connick this season. Moving on, Alan. From Noel Hogan, did Bundy get out of the wrong side of the bed this morning? He seemed very grouchy. I don't know if you can ask that direct, answer that directly, Lindy, but was Bundy off his best? Well, I have a second question on that. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at it. Esther Lohan asks, uh, Bundy was very quiet tonight. Suppose he's due a quiet game after beast mode last week. Line out very content. Yeah, well, I think it was okay. Yeah, uh, like I, he didn't stand out for it. Didn't he? No, not to that. Mm, no, I don't think he had a particularly quiet game. He, he seemed well up for it. Um, it's just how, yeah. It, it just wasn't a very good Connacht performance at times, and that reflects on the way that the players come in and out of games. Um, Probably Henshaw didn't have a great game tonight. I you. thought it reflected also on on Ulster's attack. You know, Bundy was still strong in attack, but he. He just couldn't quite make that extra yard through the tackle that he possibly might might have made in previous weeks. Uh, defensively, I don't think he got away with very much. Do you know, and Robbie Henshaw, his his game was similar. Couldn't get that gap. Couldn't that break, get that break. A couple of times he'd come back into Connacht shirt after being out for a little while or moved to the fullback shirt. It was against opposition where there were a few gaps, and he was able to get his confidence and get get his motor going. But Ulster had him well marked. Luke Marshall smothered him a few times in the early stages. More questions from Alan. So Esther had a second question about the line-out and Dave O'Connor has the same one, basically. What are we going to do about the line-out? Why are we throwing the ball? And there was a, another one. Uh, hang on, hang on. Kieran, yeah, Kier, just Kieran Says the line-out needs to be sorted. Why are we throwing long balls where we can't secure? Threw away great possession, possession, positions, possession. Yeah. Um, look, that's a confidence thing. I think, that, you know, the, the two last week... We, line-outs... When you kick a penalty into touch, there is real pressure on that line-out to get it right, to get the job done. Uh, I thought Ulster were good at getting jumpers in the air uh, to disrupt. They they didn't do the old thing of just allowing the opposition to get the ball and try to beat them on the ground or stop the rolling mall. And I think opposition sides, look, they, they analyse each other to death, these sides. So therefore, they had a look to film last week and said, oh, look, Connacht had two lineouts in the Leinster 22, got both of them wrong. We can attack that. Uh, but they're going to have to sort it out because when you turn down your three points twice, three times, you've got you've to convert that. 
I'm absolutely sure that's an area that Pat Lamb will be certainly working on, on, on you know, mm. probably already he's probably working on it, I would imagine. On the bus, <laughs> the old laptops, Conor McPhillips will be cutting it down. Well, actually, I was uh, one of the, the Ulster lads there who does the, who was sitting beside me, another one who does all the GPS calls. The one that wasn't Tommy Ball. <laughs> 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 the, one, quite excited about the, the one that sort of... Yeah, Poor uh, guy. <laughs> Like a nice one. <laughs> he he uh, he analyzes all the GPS scores and he actually has them all typed up at half time most of them so they can go down to the dressing rooms at half time and actually analyze them there so you wow. know they're pretty much on the ball in terms of their uh, analytical power. Okay, so Dave O'Connor had a second question also. He wants to know if we would play Rodney or Conan next week uh, on the bench uh, if White is out and to connected with that is Phil Standoon is asking how much rotation should we do over the next couple of weeks. Well it's hard because Conan's mainly loose head I think, certainly his, his appearance for Connors, a couple of appearances have been loose head so in terms of tight head cover if White is out I don't think you can go without Ayu and then if you don't if you don't start Ayu what kind of impact can he make? Of course, I don't know. Well Finley Bellum regards himself primarily as a tight head. Yes, this is something that's come up uh, during the week. Actually, he's played good, he's played four times at loose head for Connacht, uh, five times at tight end. In terms of his starts, he's come off the bench in almost every game. Uh, but he, you know, his couple of caps for Ireland were loose head. There's one cap for him. Yeah, well, that's I think that's the reason he says himself why he's usually on the bench because of his versatility. Mm. Yeah. But when pressed, you know, what do you think is your preferred position? He he said this week his preferred position was tight head which is interesting itself so it's very hard to answer that question Adam really because ultimately it all depends on Nathan's availability if he's not available Nathan I don't think I don't think Nathan will be available right the problems continue oh well, we just found out in the press conference today just to confirm Tiernan O'Halloran out for five games that's a massive blow yeah huge blow that yeah we were just talking about him earlier how important it would be to get him back okay okay that's it for questions any other business who has it for me come on William any other business no not really uh, I think we're now into a integral part of the season. We've a lot of work to do. They've really got to. I, I think next week's trip is is a, is a difficult one. I think I think it's a difficult. I think it's been made more difficult with the fact we've just heard about Tiernan O'Halloran. Um, I would be prepared to let Europe go and really? Yes, but this, that's the best chance of a trophy. I would say. Uh, I think the Pro 12 is our bread and butter competition and it's the best chance we've never ever been in this position before and we've th- we, you know that game against uh, Munster is absolutely huge <laughs> sorry <laughs> Richard Mulligan is just uh... the, the, re- the reason that happened was that the lights went out in the media room and they obviously have some sort of uh, movement sensor in the room and they could see it was just Richard Mulligan and one of the other lads running down the end of the room waving their hands to try and get the lights back on because he's trying to make his deadline very good yeah that was that was a bit surreal uh, Lindley any other business did you enjoy your trip in the back of the Piers Road today Oh, you can chauffeur me any. I can be chauffeured any time. I don't mind in the least. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but preferably by Tommy Bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's this I hear about being, being kicked out of the car so Tommy Bow can drive home with the lottie? I don't like that he at all. He wants to go back through Monaghan. Alan, have you got any other business from your list? Have you? Um, I suppose the, the one is the one that, would, that that annoyed us today when the, the, we saw the, the, the Garda car stuck in the on the motorway on the safest stretch of road in the country and the Garda car trying to catch speeders and this is it outside that right on the uh, motorway yeah and you're sort of going the Curl Line is one of the most dangerous roads in the country and there's never never appears to be I've never seen them out there no they're never there why? I drive there every day they're never there. why there's why? a van on a safe little bit down the way but like I mean if we're going to have a series yeah I completely agree with you not doing any favours that was a nice little off the, off the wall off rugby any other business I have nothing really 
I just want to get up a little bit disappointed with today, I have to say. Maybe more disappointed than the rest of you guys, because I just... No, no, William's very disappointed. Yeah, I'm on board with William, but, but I think, William, we both agree, there's no point in going into that in great detail, because it's a bigger picture, first, no, first just, of you, than eight. No. But it, it certainly is a little bit of an eight. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was sort of what I expected, but I thought we would put a lot more intensity in. I thought we lacked intensity tonight. And accuracy. We've got to get the accuracy right. Well, accuracy, the way we play depends on accuracy. If we're going to play this game, you've got to be accurate. There's no half measures. There's no, you know, Ulster were slightly more accurate, but they were a hell of a lot slower. But that's the way they play. If we want to play the high-speed, high-tempo game, it's all about accuracy. Hands up who's going to Grenoble next week. That'll be everyone. Uh, Anyways, Lindley, start with yourself. How are you travelling via Leon? Uh, yes, out to Lyon and back via Geneva. Uh, I think you're taking the lift in my car back. I think I might be. The BMW. Swiss register BMW is going to have a conic flag stuck out of it on the way down, if, if my brother allows me to put it on the car. Uh, William, how are you flying? Uh, similar, going back in the BMW. Want the back seat because the front seats in that car don't fit me because I'm too fat for they could, them. <laughs> they've got these sporty front seats that wouldn't fit anyone bar like someone who's like making a beanpole. Anyways, but uh, anyways, leaving uh, that aside. And take out the baby seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll better, better sort that out before we travel. Alan, how are you traveling? You're traveling the same way as me. I'm in and out of Zurich, but I won't be in Not any Zurich. Game. Why does everyone do that? Geneva. Geneva. Sorry, sorry, Geneva. But uh, yeah, sorry, Switzerland. Yeah. Um, but I'm traveling with my dad, who's who's coming to his first away. Oh, game. So instead of going to, I know we normally go up to the uh, British Open every year, but um, we decided we want to try and have a look at Connacht in a European quarter final. Yeah, and I guess spend. It is. And I could spend a few days in Geneva, the brother and the niece and nephew. Funny. Although, That's from it. what I understand, the weather's actually not good at the moment. Oh, Lord, we're bringing it everywhere. Anyways, we won't complain because everyone's at home going, don't complain about going to Grenoble. That's it from us, well, folks. the weather forecast isn't great for next week, but let's not talk That's about That's what we were saying. Alan just zoned out and zoned back into the podcast. Yeah, That's how tired we are. We've got to go down the motorway. Richard Mulligan is now sitting in his seat, hoping he gets 30 more seconds of that light. Hang on, let me just check that out. Let me finish the podcast. <laughs> Do you want me to wave around a little bit more, Richard? Yeah, but the lights went off. You made your way into the podcast, then. Obviously, I'm still too thin. I'm still middle-aged like you. That's how we have to finish this week. Thanks, Richard. Thank you, Rob. <laughs>